0: Today's guest leads internal communications at Foundation Medicine. If you're not familiar with them, check them out. They're transforming cancer care by providing patients, physicians, and researchers with a deep understanding of the genomic mutations that drive cancer. So, in short, they're saving lives. Love the mission. And I loved speaking with Allison Drakeford today. Like I said, she runs internal communications, and I think right around the time that we recorded this, they actually won an award for the modern intranet of the year, which was just fantastic. We talked a bit about change communications, internal communications, and how they can better serve change within the organization. Glad to have Allison.
1: You're listening to C-Suite Blueprint, the show for C-Suite leaders. Here we discuss no BS approaches to organizational readiness and digital transformation. Let's start the show.
0: Hey, Allison. Thanks so much for being here.
1: Hey, George. Thanks for having me.
0: So today we're going to talk about internal comms. I thought a great place to start is why is it so misunderstood? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's a loaded question, really. <laughs> I think, you know, when folks think about internal communications, they think of the tactics, right? The email that goes out, the intranet page they see in their company, um, Slack or Teams or or things of, of that nature. And, and often folks think of the people behind that as just the doers right they think of the people that are pushing those emails out and and making those updates on the internet and sending those slack messages out but they don't realize necessarily that there's a whole practice behind it right that this is actually a a a studied field that there's theory and messaging behind that, that, that there's strategy behind communications. It's not just the thing that you see that, that hits your inbox. It, there's thought and strategy that goes behind that. So I think, you know, when folks think about internal communications, they often think about the thing that hits them personally. But if a lot of people don't step back to think about the, the people that are behind the scenes that are making that happen.
0: You're not just the newsletter people.
1: No, I mean, we do an amazing newsletter. We do a, a, a kick-ass newsletter every week, but but it takes a lot of work to get there.
0: <laughs> so, so they, you know, they're, they're just viewing the tactics, or maybe if something's bugging them, like some sort of a symptom that's going on, mm-hmm. how should they see internal comms? And, and what is that, I think, probably the um, underutilized value that internal comms has?
1: I think where folks, I, I, think, I think the pandemic is a really good example of how folks could view internal communications, right? when When the pandemic hit in March 2020... Companies who didn't have internal communications professionals in their organization, which some some smaller companies don't, but folks who didn't have an internal comms function realized that they were at a, a severe disadvantage for communicating to their employees. There was an instant change that happened in March 2020 for companies, for employees, for folks who are at home, for daycares, for kit, for everything. Mm. And communicating that change is hard. And it's not just you know, sending out an email and saying, well, we're going to go home for, for, you know, a week, two weeks. And really at the, at the beginning of the pandemic, nobody really knew, but there was thought that had to go into, how do you communicate this? How will this land with employees? What should we say? How should we say it? Should there be FAQs that, that go along with it? And it's, it was a com- it was probably one of the biggest communication challenges there was because it was a change communication, a huge change for people. And so thinking about communications professionals as I hate using the term strategic thought partners because mm. it's so overused, but that's really what we are. Right. So it's it's having a seat at the table and thinking about how will this be received? How will the information be perceived and um, recognizing that the cha- that potentially for the, when talking about the pandemic, that there could be a change impacting employees and how will they how will that change be perceived? So really having a seat at that table sort of early on in that discussion of sort of not handing them handing communications folks the output but being involved in the input of in the discussion
0: yeah, so probably another example where the pandemic just it shined a magnifying glass on this value or this issue that's there. But I would hope that people can leverage that value in, in for for smaller changes, right? For for more day to day changes or just initiatives mm-hmm. that are going on. You know, we always talk about digital transformation and where employee experience meets customer experience. And and what I find is you not only need to tell, especially for these long running initiatives, it might be you know one two years you not only need to get people bought in, but you need to continually get them bought in because there's going to be pain along the way. And if they don't remember why the heck they're doing this, they just get frustrated and they spin out. So I'd be curious if you have any kind of stories from the trenches on how you leverage internal comms and change comms for those non-pandemic, you know, we're, we're going through some sort of a change in our organization.
1: Yeah, it's so true. Right. And so many people think about change as like, like big change, right? Like massive change. You're having a reorg and you know two two teams are merging into one or you're going to be acquiring a company or there's a merger and acquisition, right? So a lot of people mm-hmm. think, oh, we only need to bring in internal communications when we're going to have this massive change. And I think a lot of times people m- maybe minimize the smaller, like you, you had mentioned, like a process or a systems. Systems changes are hard. I, re- I remember when we were changing from Microsoft Teams to Slack. And so many folks were like, whoa, we're just gonna flip the switch and change from Teams to Slack. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> well, wait a second. We can't we can't just do that. We have to tell people sort of why we're doing this and and sort of bring this bring people along this journey and show them why one system might be better than the other. In this case, why Slack was more useful for the business than potentially teams. But that's just one small example of having to sort of bring internal communications in and bring them along and and help folks understand that. There's education that needs to happen, there's the why that needs to be why that needs to be explained. You can't just flip a switch and, and make a change. And that was a big system change, but there could be many small changes that happen in organizations where people don't realize the impact that change can have on on one particular individual or one particular team. People experience change very differently. There is a curve to change and we just sort of have to Having a communications professional as part of that change process and the change communication can be really um, impactful and help and help the change go well.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. And, and ideally, the more change, the more smaller and medium sized changes you're doing, the more of those giant, giant, you know, earth shattering changes you, you can avoid. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm curious, focusing on that change. Now, have you. How do you how do you kind of set that up as an organization? Do you dedicate an, an entire part of your group to just change communications and and is that the same as change management? How does that all of that fit in?
1: Yeah, at our particular company, we do have on my team we have a, a person dedicated to change communications because there is a methodology and a and a science behind change communications um, and and knowing how to communicate about the change, asking the questions about a particular change and how to. How to really get into the trenches with the business and understand sort of what it is that people might need to know might need to hear the questions that people might need to ask and teasing that out a little bit before whatever announcement it is that we need to make but not every organization is set up the same way we we don't have a ch- to my knowledge we don't have a change like a change office you know it's just we have a change communications person but we don't have a change manager some organizations may but at the particular organization I'm at, we do not, we definitely, but we definitely have somebody who's focused and, and has the lens of sort of that change curve and how to bring people along with them.
0: That makes sense. And when it comes to communication, I, I love the fact that everyone's embracing more asynchronous communication these days, you know, like mm-hmm. hopefully the days of, you know, a an hour long, you know, thousand people in in a conference uh, days or con. I'm sure they'll come it, here and there, but but less of them. I'm curious, you know, how you've been leveraging async communications and and how that's working for you.
1: It's hard. I got to tell you, it mm. is it is um because it was immediate, right? So everybody was thrust into this this environment in in March 2020. Of we went from. That's the way we did things right in person town halls and meetings, a thousand people or what have you in a, in a room. And, and the zoom factor was, was secondary. And now it's the zoom factor is primary. And if, as we start thinking about, it's so interesting because you start thinking about now, like, oh, when we're going back and you have so many folks who are so excited, like, yes, I can't wait to be back in a conference room with 75 to, you know, 200 people. And I'm like, oh, but we, we actually have to remember we've actually created an amazing amount of equity by, we've created equity by going this asynchronous route, right? Which I think was a artifact that I didn't, that I didn't realize would come out of the pandemic, right? Everybody was on an even playing field. Everybody's on Zoom. Everybody can see the same screen. Everybody can see everybody's faces. Pre-pandemic, we were sort of all, you know, hodgepodge in different rooms and, and the sound might've been bad from one and the cameras really didn't work great, but now you're on the, all on this even playing field. And so What started out as a really difficult transition has actually turned into, to me, a level playing field, a a playing field for communications that creates equity across the company because everybody is seeing and experiencing the same thing at exactly the same time.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What I really love is, you know, in... Old, older times before pandemic, you know, you'd maybe have every once in a while, you have a certain department do a show and tell of what it is that they're working on, or you have a big initiative that's doing a show and tell and and it'll be a meeting that everyone has to, you know, some lunch and learn or something that everyone Mm -hmm. has to, you know, block off their time and sit and you'll record it and maybe a few people watch it. But now I'm seeing more and more that primarily it's let's create this as a video and maybe rethink how it's, uh, you know, so it's primarily a video that people who are interested can go watch when they want and and how they want rather than kind of the flip side. Mm -hmm. So we've been liking a lot of that.
1: I think, I think, too, the hardest part for us has been events, right? So how Mm. do you keep people engaged? So, yes, you have this, this, you know, information push of either town halls or lunch and learns or what have you. and, And sort of those can be like point like you can go and get those when you want and watch them when you want. But I think what has become really challenging is keeping employees engaged on the event spectrum. So, you know, we used to do, you know, all the summer fests and the happy hours and, and the, you know, whatever those things are, is how do you, now we're going into, we're in full year two, trickling into year three of sort of how do you, how do you keep that up? And that that becomes really hard in an asynchronous asynchronous environment.
0: Yeah, that that true shared experience to rebuild mm-hmm. that team equity and all of that is it's yeah. tough. Yeah, because we've yeah. been remote for since since day one for you know almost almost twenty years at this point, and we would still get together once in a while, right? You know, and and you'd have those shared experiences, and and those were important to us. And you know, we do virtual happy hours, and they're great, but it's it's not the same, you know, it's for different. sure. It's different. Yeah.
1: And that's a communication. I mean, that is a that is a vehicle, and that's a tool, and, and that, you know, it drives engagement and helps sustain our culture. And that's a, you know, when we think about our role as as communications professionals, it's that's a big piece of it is is helping to stay plugged into that world, and and being able to only do that in a remote way for twenty plus months has definitely created a challenge. So, which we we knew would be challenging, but it has definitely. You know going into like i said end of year two beginning of year three of sort of continuing to figure this out as, and now going into a hybrid role sort of how do you how do you continue to make that equitable for folks going into next year
0: yeah and when you have new people coming on board how do they find the things they need to yeah. find and and that's maybe a good segue into the topic of intranet you know when, when we first met it was it was to do some intranet mm-hmm. work and i'm curious that word. <laughs> How do you feel about that label? The, the internet the word?
1: Intranet, the label actually doesn't bother me. The label doesn't bother me.
0: You know what? I've been thinking about it because I'd say up until the past few years, if, if someone says, you know, we're going to work on an intranet, I probably would have been like, <laughs> oh, geez, that's so boring. <laughs> right. But over the past several years, there's been it's become so much more. And and I, I thought, do, do I want the word to go away? and but then i said no cuz then if someone comes up with some cute word for it <laughs> that would probably be annoying right and you'd be it's like so much they'd worse. be like oh this is the the employee connector, you know, and you're like, you're talking about an intranet, right? Just just stop (laughs) it. Can we we just say what it is? Right. But then I started thinking about it. It's kind of like Brussels sprouts. Like you had a generation that steamed them and made them bland and awful and forced you to eat them. And then, then we realized, oh, we can roast these and make them crispy and do like a balsamic reduction on them. And people now seek it out and they want to have Brussels Mm -hmm. sprouts rather than being forced to. And I'm curious, you know, uh, you know, how are you leveraging intranet to get employee engagement or and and are you seeing them if you if you do it right do you see them engaging with it more on their own more than being forced to
1: <laughs> Brussels sprouts with bacon <laughs> is probably the best that thing that ever came came to be well, uh, yes <laughs> you know i i see the internet and as a as another tool in the toolbox, right? It's another tool in our communications toolbox to be able to communicate with employees. And it's more of a, you know, employees are going there for a lot of times policy documents or potentially to watch a replay of a video that they may have missed. But it is a really critical, in every organization that I've been in, the intranet is a really critical tool and channel for displaying communications. And and I, there really is no other... Stand in for it. It's you know you can have email, but it's a supplement. It's it's all of the things you know we call. I love that we call ours the hub because it is, it's the hub and the home of the information of all the things that you could possibly need are on the hub. All the things about return to office, all the things about you know, your health and benefits and welfare information, all of that stuff is on the hub. Your manager resources, your employee resources, your onboarding stuff, even pre-pandemic, all of that was on the hub. Your team made it infinitely better and easier to find and much more organized and manageable To Because over time, that just sort of became a, a dumping ground because everything needed to be on the hub. That's where people were going to find their information so to me an internet is a critical critical component of internal communications um, for an organization like ours of our size for sure and anything larger for sure
0: it's something I really like about about yours is is the um, you can really connect the dots between the company vision to the strategy all the way down. I can't tell you how many organizations we go into on our strategy engagements, and we do interview one on one interviews, and I, we always ask people, are, are you clear on what the company vision is? Do you know what the strategy is? Do you know how what you're doing fits into that? And nine times out of ten, people are like, yeah, there was like a PowerPoint sometime somewhere. There's a vision. I think there's like three pillars, four pillars. I don't know what it is, and I think you know. Having it really at your fingertips there and and easy to kind of connect the dots through is it it seems from the outside it seems valuable. I don't know if if you're seeing oh, that for
1: sure. To me, it's like I said, it's my it's one of my number one resources in terms of of. It is a resource. It's it's a place where people can go to find information about our strategy to find, you know, a directory to figure out like, oh, I saw this person's name on the in the newsletter the other day. I, I wonder who that person is. Let me go dig around. There's it's a it's a wealth of information and a, a way that people can connect the dots in their own way, in their own journey. Right. Sort of self-select and, and connect the dots and find information that they need when they need
0: it. That's great. It's something I've I've also seen or heard is that, and I don't know how much of this is a promise versus reality. (laughs) Uh, Maybe this is where some BS lives, but the empowerment of the middle manager tier through, you know, things like internal comms and intranet, because, man, uh, over 20 years, I I don't think I've ever seen communications cascade properly. (laughs) It always gets lost in there in the middle somewhere. And and you end up needing to like repeat it and do a bunch of executive one on ones. And and it never really seems clean. I'm curious, what's in your toolbox as far as empowering that middle manager? You have a secret recipe?
1: I wish it's probably one of the hardest nuts to crack really in terms of information cascade, right? Because there's a fine balance between information overload, right? Imagine if you walked into your, in, open your inbox one morning and it's just like, bam, you've got a thousand emails from a bunch of different people because there wasn't an internal communications function and everybody decided they needed to cascade everything. Well, that would be a disaster, which is why we don't do that. But then it's sort of, you, you have the other end of the spectrum of, well, how do you communicate? How do you know what to communicate to whom and to when and what should be cascaded to whom and to when? Everything can't be an all-employee email because that's just too much. So it's hard. It's a really, really difficult nut to crack. I mean, I think one of the things we've tried to do here, which, which I feel works fairly well, is we have a monthly leader and manager meeting where... It's an hour long meeting where every month sort of like the most critical pieces are shared, whether it's whether you're coming into performance reviews or year end conversations or if there was an org change, whatever the most important return to office, whatever sort of that most important topic is sort of of the month is communicated there. And it's the expectation of the managers um, coming out of that meeting that they will cascade in their own way, whether it's in their team meetings or, or what have you, that information to employees. That hopefully works well, but you're not going to get everything and everybody at all times. It's just too much. There's too much. There's too much information. There's too many things to communicate. It's a, it's a tough nut to crack. It really is.
0: Yeah. I almost wish, and I don't know if, if this is out there anywhere, but it, I almost wish that there could be a way just based off of, a, you know, a handful of psychological profiles that you know you communicate in those different ways like like for me i would get the irish catholic like only tell me something when something's wrong right whereas someone next to me they might want to know you know all the reasons why every single decision was made and to talk to those those two different types of folks in the same way is it's impossible right
1: it's impossible it's really really hard it's I mean, wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be amazing if you could set up profiles and be like, oh, this person wants to get information about X and you know, I want information about X and you want information about Y? That'd be amazing if we could set it up that way. In some ways, when you think about the intranet and an internet done well and what we've tried to do is, is we've done it based on your interest section. So if you are interested in learning about our employee resource networks, Anytime an article goes up about employee resource networks, you tag that and boom, you're going to get notified that there's a new article on employee resource networks. That's great. That means I don't have to send an email about, I mean, I will send an email about employee resource networks, but it sort of, it gives people that option to choose what information is of interest to them. But man, it's, it's hard. It's hard.
0: Mm. And um, yeah, I'd probably be hesitant at any software vendor that says that they can make that super easy.
1: <laughs> impossible. That would be BS.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be and and you've had an interesting career. So you've done this at organizations that are, you know, 40, 50,000 mm-hmm. employees, you know, just a couple 1000, even some small mm-hmm. nonprofits. What do you do differently? Uh, you know, other than the obvious, you know, what, what, are the, what are the big differences between those sized organizations from an internal comms and change?
1: It's really about the people, right? So internal comms to me is your employees are your best brand ambassadors, right? So the employees who make up the company are the people who are going to go out and talk about the company and who talk internally about the company. And those are your customers, right? So for internal comms, the employees are our customers. So the way that we the way that we communicate, so the stories that we tell or um, the narrative that we have, the narrative that I might have internally just changes, it tweaks a bit based on who my customer is. And so you know, in the insurance world, when I was when I was at, in the insurance business, it was just a little bit different because I was speaking to folks who were working in insurance. The tactics don't change and the the strategy and the, the mindset doesn't change of sort of asking those questions and sort of bringing people along. And if, if there's a change communication that needs to happen, sort of the behind the scenes work doesn't change. It's really just how you tell your narrative that changes based on based on your customer, based on who your audience is. And they're all just a little bit different.
0: Mm. It's the humans that matter at that's the end it. of the day. That's regardless, yeah,
1: they're all fun and unique in their own in terms of in terms of the different types of communications at each of the different organizations I've worked at. They're all different and unique in their own way.
0: That's excellent. Anything else on the? You know, I, I have a fun last question for you. <laughs> but anything else that you feel from an internal comms or change comms that um, that we haven't touched upon that's really important?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Okay. So I always like to end on, um, you know, throughout this could be personal or professional. What's the best advice that you've ever received?
1: It's so basic, but it it's really true. And it has never led me wrong. Trust your gut. Absolutely. Trust your gut Mm. Uh, and anything in 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 deciding whether or not to take a job and deciding whether or not the in in communications and writing something about whether or not you should ask a question. If you're in a meeting, just listen to your gut because your gut will never will never steer you wrong. It's simple.
0: I love that advice. And there's, it's simple, but oh man, how much does it suck when you don't trust your gut? And then it goes the way that you knew it was going to go. Hundred
1: percent. And every time you yeah. look back, you're like, I knew, I knew I shouldn't have done that. Like, because my gut was telling me that I shouldn't. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. It's, it's so simple, but I, we've all been in a situation where you look back, you have sort of, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. but it's like, man, I definitely had something in my gut telling me I shouldn't have done it.
0: Yeah. That's like top three uses yeah. of a time machine. If you were to have one is to just go For back and follow sure. your gut. For sure. <laughs> well, this is great, uh, Allison. I, I'm so appreciative. And and uh, I really uh, think that the uh, change comms and internal comms is a huge tool. In uh, I know you didn't like using the, the term, um, you know, thought partner. <laughs> but as a consultant, I, I live and breathe that phrase. You know, I love it. And, it, you know. Anytime you're going through change, I think the sooner the better to pull Mm -hmm. in those types of partners. 100%. 100%, So Thanks so much for being here, Allison.
1: Thanks for having me. Technology should serve vision, not set it. At Intevity, we design clear blueprints for organizational readiness and digital transformation that allow companies to chart new paths. Then we drive the implementation of those plans with our client partners in service of growth. Find out more at www.entevity.com. You've been listening to C-Suite Blueprint. If you like what you've heard, be sure to hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you never miss a new episode. And while you're there, we'd love it if you could leave a rating. Just give us however many stars you think we deserve.
0: Until next time.